0: Okay. Good morning. This class is the Mishma Yehuda Daniel Dali's. Also, R' Shlomo Hashemli Amina Hadaniel and Sarah Eliyahu Magula Shifra Leia R' Shlomo Metovalei V'Srifka. Also, success in Yerushalayim Ob Eliyahu Banavaka Ob Eliyahu Emet R' Shlomo Shifra Reina Malka Metovalei In honor of the safety of our soldiers the safety of the hostages. Also, there's a live event, November 29th at 7:30 in the Sholbo Harbor with Moshe Getz. That's going to be at seven thirty at the Shulba Harbor, November twenty ninth. I think it's a Wednesday, Thursday. I don't even know. You'll figure it out. Okay. Please share and rate the podcast. I'm going to give you. This is one of my favorite Torahs that I go to, when when I see things that are a little chaotic. You know, sometimes you hear this in you know, helping people, helping friends of mine, helping myself. Obviously, with any relationships, marriage. You know, we we always say that it's it's. It's not always greener on the other side. It's it's greener wherever you water it, right? It's a very it's a very it's a common term. And, and, and today you see you see the world. Uh, there's a little bit of a FOMO attitude, like fear of missing out. Like I'm with one person, and I, I, I'm missing out. That's not my soulmate. I have to. You know, there, 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 there seems to be there's a little bit of an anxiety of. Am I with the right person today? Am I married to the right person? Did I miss my chance of a soulmate? Um, it just seems that they, this energy is out there every every single time you know you, you go through singles etc. Uh, you, you see high rates of divorce today. You know, it's the reality is the reality. You know I think women today are calling seventy five percent of the, show, the divorces today. So it's, it's a pretty uh, the numbers are pretty staggering. staggering. I just want to explain to you and I and I think this Torah is going to give you a lot of clarity and it, it always gives me clarity anytime I get even. I mean, the fact that there's also a war out there. Rabbi Nachman is going to give it to you very, very clear. And he's going to tell you the difference between being married and the difference between being single. Where do you get this advice? How, where else can you get this advice from a Hasidic teacher from 2020 years? And you'll see that the advice is so accurate that it's, going to, it, it's incredible. And he's saying here that the world, the world is full of strife. That's how he begins the Torah. It, this is from the book Wisdom. By the way, this book Wisdom is, is a must-buy. Uh, you can get it on Brestle.org, or you can get it on, um, on it's, it's called Tzichat Haran. Just one second, yeah, if you could know what's happening out there. Okay. There's always something happening, right? There's always, there's always something happening. Okay. The world. The world is full of strife. There are wars between great powers, world powers. There's conflict between different localities. There is feuds amongst families. There is discord between neighbors. There is friction within a household, between man and his wife, between parents and his children and their children. Life is short. People die every day. The day that passes will never return again. That's the one thing you gotta guarantee. Whatever that day is gonna go, it's never gonna pass again. And death comes closer every day. Yet People still fight and never remember their goal in life. So think about the amount of, you know, you always tell people, you always see people, their perspective on, if you fight over everything, and you, you, you think you're going to live forever, okay? That means there's a lot of let, more letting go that we need to, to, to go. But, and he's saying here, all strife is identical. And, and, and to me, the, the craziest thing is, you speak to, I speak to my friends, I see my situation. I see it. It's almost like the same story over and over again. You're like, what's going on? All strife is identical. The frictions within a family are a counterpart between the wars and between the nations. I mean, whatever you see out there, everybody's got a Palestine in their house. Everybody's got an Israel in their house. Everybody's got everybody's got a war in their house. It's either in their house or it's either in their with their neighbors. It's either with their family members or their in laws or some kind of war. And, you, and, and a person just wants to be Switzerland. He just wants to be, just live in peace. He's going to give you advice for that. Each person in a household is a counterpart of the world power. And their quarrels are the wars between those powers. The traits of each nation are also reflected in individuals. Some nations are known for anger. Others are known for being bloodthirsty. We know Scorpios and... and and all Scorpios and uh, Arieses—they're—they're they're connected to the war of Mars. So they—they—they they, they, they engage in war, <laughs> right? Mars—the the energy of Mars is—is is war. You may wish to live in peace. Listen to this. This is the line that you're gonna have to—you're gonna have to really, really, really put it in your head. You may wish to live in peace, and you have no desire for strife. Still, you are going to be forced into dispute and conflict. That's, a, that's an incredible line. Because that's all we want. I just want to live in peace. Too bad. <laughs> it's, it's just not going to happen. As much as you want, you marry here, you marry there, you mar- you're you still going to get dragged into it. As much as you want to live in peace. That's what he's are saying here. Nations are the same. A nation may desire peace and make concessions to achieve it. It sounds familiar, right? Israel tried to make all kinds of concessions tons of times. Uh, no, we don't want it. But you are still forced into dispute and conflict. Nations are the same. A nation may have, may want to live in peace, but no matter how much it tries to remain neutral, it will still get caught up in a war. Two, this is why you can't give up land anyway, because you're still gonna fight. <laughs> Do you understand? You're still gonna fight anyway. Two opposing ideas can demand its allegiance until it's drawn against, into war against its will. The same exact is true of a person's household man the dohar says man is a miniature world his essence contains the world and everything in it so whatever you see out there you see inside of you it's incredible a man and his family contains the nations of the world including their battles so that's if you're married and you have a family okay what happens if you live alone what happens if you live alone a man living in, living in isolation can become insane. So living by yourself, being single, is not the answer either. It's just a different war. That war is a war in your head. This one is the war with people. This one is a war in your head. Am I good enough to get married? Will I ever get married? Is this ever going to work out? Is that going to work out? Am I going to die alone? Am I going to this? Is this, 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 this? And a pet's not going to fix it. With him, him, are all the warring nations. His personality at a particular time is that of a victorious nation. Because a lot of people don't want to get married. Because they see what's happening. They see the reality of a war. You start meeting, you know, you get into fights. But that's just, it's, it's just what battle are you, are you choosing? Where are you fighting? Each time a different nation is victorious, he must change since he plays the roles of all the nations. This can drive him insane for he is alone and cannot, and, can, and cannot express the war within him. So he himself will go from happy to sad, to happy to sad, to up and to down. But when one lives with others, the battles are expressed through his family and friends. There may still be a, house, a, a, a strife in the house of the tzaddik. This is also the war between nations and also the wars between the 12 tribes and Judah. Now, when Mashiach comes, all wars will be abolished. The world would live with eternal peace as it is written, they will never hurt or, nor destroy from Isaiah. So you you could just see this. The, the, why do you want Mashiach? It's because, you know, that's it. Enough. Enough of the wars already. Enough. You can't fight anymore. It's too much. That's why we really want Mashiach. By the way, Mashiach also represents living in the present moment. The concept of Mashiach means living in the present moment. So if I know already... That there's no way of living without, there's as much as I want a peace. That means anytime I have a peace in my life, celebrated, it, it's a, it's a short term, you know. You got to break for three, four days, you got to break. But it's never going to be a hundred percent, there will always be lacking. Now, what, what can we do? We already said that the word milchama, war, means if you want to win the war, what do you do? You become a master of ma, master of humility. Number one, you recognize your, your power to, to, to have Shalom Bayit is only in God's hands. You're powerless over the ability to have peace in your house only if God gives it to you. Don't think it's in your hands. Number two, number two, recognizing also the, the importance that of, of letting go. Re- recognizing the importance of letting go. Right? Letting go is the most important thing because otherwise you're just, that day you lose. Every day Again, life is passing by. Are you moving? Are you moving with life? or Are you staying in the past? And this is where women have a harder time letting go. They have a harder time with Kabod and they don't like to let things go. But it, it is impossible. There's no perfect husband. There's no perfect wife. There's no. If you decide to work on it, if you work on yourselves, and you have the thirteen attributes of mercy, and you and, and you emulate the God's will, and you become merciful, and you become patient, and you become. Uh, that then you actually get mercy and then because you sh- you have an opportunity to show mercy Then God gives you mercy in other areas of your life. You understand how it works? So basically difficult people are an opportunity for us to get mercy But whether or not you think this is going to be oh, I just want to be alone and I'll be happy. No, you won't You won't be happy. You'll have a war in your head. You'll have a war in your head. That's what people say oh, I'll just be happy. I'll be alone. I'll be happy. Nobody will leave me. It's not true. It's just show up in your head you have you have you have all these imaginary wars in your head. I'm happy, I'm not happy. This, I want to get married, don't want to get married. And then all of a sudden you meet people and then you don't like, you know, the way things are and you think this is the this is so oh, it can't be. There's got to be better. And then you recognize, no, there's wars everywhere. There's really wars everywhere. And this just gives you a little bit of 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 recognizing that the importance of not of the whole point is that I don't want, I don't have to live. Life is short. That means I don't have to live in that problem all day long. I could. I could let it go. That's. The, I think this is one of the points. Of this. And also the expectation that we think that we're going to get into this perfect couple and this perfect house and this, and no no uh, a place where the mother in law is uh, only is you go to the wax museum if you have if you have peace with your in laws maybe you have you go to the wax museum nobody talks nobody speaks but otherwise it it, it seems like we're shocked. Then. This seems to be like a sh- like like a shock today, where people are going through this and they don't know what to do with it. I think Reb Nachman knew exactly what to do with this. So the whole point is: yes, you have to get married. You have to get married because at least with people, you have a chance to to express mercy, and you'll express to grow, and they'll show you sometimes what, what you're projecting and your own stuff. You know, your ability to change people, right? But if you stay alone, you think you want to avoid conflict. That's not going to be the solution either. You see, there's never a, there's never a reward in life for avoiding conflict, for avo- avoiding uh, responsibility in life. There's never a reward. So if you think that's the way out, and also it's teaching you stop being so picky, and whatever you think you're going to get in the beginning, it, who says that person might not end up having becoming a different nation? You're not guaranteed anything. You understand? You're not guaranteed that that all of a sudden your spouse is all of a sudden going to. Develop, you know, anger and depression and all. You're not guaranteed anything. That's the bottom line. You are so not guaranteed anything. That all you could do is, is, is if you can't change the situation, you're forced to change yourself. It forces to change yourself, and this gives, this is more of a reality. Um, but all we see today, we're we're so brainwashed by social media. We're brainwashed and thinking, yeah, this is a perfect match. <laughs> it Doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's just like the world does not exist without wars. Are you thinking that you're going to go into a, a, a realistic situation in life. You think everybody just wakes up in the morning and does an hour of his bodhidut and lets things go and, gets to, and walks around with a higher consciousness? How many people are actually working on themselves? Let's pick let's a number. 0.01% of the world is working on themselves, getting to a higher consciousness. 0.1%! I would say 99% of the world is not really working on themselves mm-hmm. to become better. So the cha- what you're going to get, you're going to get what you've always gotten, the bottom line. So you have to recognize, can I deal with this? So you should never marry somebody and, oh, maybe they'll change. You, again, 99% of the world is not working on themselves. It is not, it's just not working on themselves. Let's be honest, they're just not, they're going through life, they're reacting to life, and they're shocked how, how, how they have all this strife and wars. So the, the, the knowledge is to understand. Be realistic is the whole thing. If I'm realistic and I recognize, okay, there's a war, okay, what else is new? But to think that you're going to be in a, a complete la-la-land, Switzerland, and drinking tea and coffee and milking and goats, and, and you're just going to have peace, and everything's going to work out exactly the way it works out, and things are going to be rosy, and this is what you're, it doesn't exist. That's what he's saying here. You may wish to live in peace. You have no desire for strife. You don't want to have anything. You don't want to fight. All you want to do is live in peace. Still, you're forced into dispute and conflict. (laughs) So that that gives you a tremendous amount of at least clarity. Uh, At least you know what you're dealing with. And again, what do you have to work on? You have to work on, on, on giving mercy. On letting things go. Not taking things personal. And recognizing that when I do have peace in my life, it's just temporary. It's not... If the problem is if we have too much peace in our lives, we would have we would probably not pray. You understand? God creates a lack in your life, so you so you come to pray. Without the lack, well, we're going to pray? Why can't I pray when I'm drunk? Because when I'm drunk, I'm full. I feel 100 percent present, right? When I'm drunk, I'm happy. I'm full, right? There's no lack. Does that make sense? When there, I can unless I have a lack. I come to my Creator with my lack. If I'm single and I have all these wars in my head, that's my lack. Create the world, give me clarity. That's my lack. That's my lack. Then I have, but if I felt 100% full and 100%, uh, you know, 100%, then there's no lack. So God always creates a lack in your life so you can come closer to Him through that lack. This is where we say, thank you, God, for our problems. And another thing, if you want to be superhuman, you could practice Tomer Devora. That's another thing you could do. You could just be a completely merciful person and just look at the good in people. This is why it's extremely important that you are going to be in a fight, but these people did do good things for you. So your job is to focus on the good they did for you, not what they didn't do for you. You understand? That's where the really, really the test is. Because, okay, people are showing up in your house, people are showing up with yourself also when you're single. All of a sudden you're looking, well, I'm, I'm 30 Son, I'm 36, I'm not married, I'm, uh, I'm not what I am. All you're doing is, is focusing on what you don't have, which is the negative points. It's a negative azamra, which is low self-esteem. And then what's gonna happen? You're not gonna have, you're, you're not gonna arouse the good points in yourself You're not gonna motivate yourself to change. And the same thing. So, so so thinking, focusing on the good points in others is actually an opportunity. Because when you do that, you can actually be part of the change. But will there be a war? Yes, can you per- can you meet the perfect person to, to save yourself from war? Because remember, all we want, if really, all we want is comfort. <laughs> you know, we all want comfort. We don't want to. We don't want to engage in battle. You know, well, all we want is peace. But at the end of the day, it's just it's impossible. It's not a possible thing. It's almost as thinking that Israel is going to have peace, only when Mashiach comes. That's it. It's not happening. <laughs> as much as you think there's going to be peace, it's not happening. And once you recognize that you have to be prepared you have to be prepared you have to understand who you're dealing with but again israel's survival is dependent on god the odds are against them every odds against israel but at the end of the day they cry out to god they get saved they cry out to god they have unity they get saved but will they always be at war you have israel inside of you and this is your whole life your whole life so the best marriage advice and and dating advice is be realistic now you, you should pick people that are not get-to-get. Get, you know, they work on themselves. At least people who work on themselves, they don't live in the problem. They don't live in the problem all day long. Okay, the problem happened. Let it go. They're solution-oriented, right? They're not problem-oriented. There's people that are problem-oriented, and there's people that are solution-oriented. That's what you really have to focus on. Solution-oriented people versus problem-oriented people. Because the problems will come. And yes, sometimes I woke up this morning with just exhaustion, just like oh, I'm just exhausted, you know, in exhaustion. And I came back to this Torah to, to ground me, because sometimes you, you do get burnt out. You there's no anybody who's a human being will gets burnt out of all this. Gets burnt out, of fighting, gets burnt out of the of what's happening in the world. It, to not get a feeling of not being burnt out, you, then, then, you're, then you're definitely you're, you're on something. But there's no question; we're all feeling a little bit of burnt, burnt out. But maybe because we're expecting permanent peace we're expecting things to be rosy and perfect and that's, maybe that's the problem is there aren't realistic expectations. But like he said here, the day will never pass. So you should also, you could live with presence in those days. Try to live with more presence. Try to live with, okay, it's not the end of the world. I'm in an argument. It's not the end of the world. Basically, let's become less self-centered by thinking everything's about us all the time. Okay, it's, it's going to be... It's, it's. And I always go to this Torah every single time, just to ground. It grounds me. It puts me back in realistic. And I say, all strife is identical. Whether I'm fighting with this one or this is the fight. And I don't want to... I believe I'm the most people. I just want to chill out, <laughs> relax, leave me alone. Let me. <laughs> but still, I'm dragged into every situation. And I feel this. I feel like I'm dragged. Like you're dragged into it. Again... So the answer is also not to stay single either. You just have to, you have to, this is why it's extremely important that you don't look for just stimulus packages. You look for spiritual packages. Because stimulus, and, you, and sometimes we think, well, money's going to resolve the issue. No, money's just going to have more, Is going to make you fight over more things. Money doesn't solve it. Nothing solves it. Except your relationship with God and your ability to be, live in a higher consciousness And just let things go. And accept reality and be happy with what you do have. Be happy with what... And and the days that you've had peace. Because our sages tell us that a lot of prayer is recounting the past and sinking out for the future. So you do have to remember the good things that the person does for you. And this is where today you see, you know, I think this... I forgot the guy's name. Um, We talked about how do you know a couple's getting divorced or not. And the the number was 80% where they saw 80% good in the couple. What's the guy's, name? I the guy's name? The guy wrote all these love books. I forgot the guy's name. 80%, basically he knew that within, right away he knew the couple was going to get divorced. What was the number? If he could find 80% good positivity versus 20% negativity. But if the couple had 20% positivity eighty percent negativity, he pretty much John something in the guy's name. He says the couple's getting divorced. He was able to predict. So that's the same thing with us. Can you see 80% good in your spouse and see 20% off? Is that something you could see? Can you see 80% good in people versus 20% bad in people? Can you do that? And if you do that, that means you have a good eye. Right? We we only want to bless... good eye means you see the good in yourself. But if you can't see the 80% good in the other person, that means you're not seeing... Because remember, all we see is a reflection of ourselves. That means we don't have a good eye. A good eye is also to see the good in people. That's why you should only eat at a, at a house that the person has a good eye. Or get a blessing from a guy has a good eye, because he could see the good. He's connected to God's eyes, where the where the uh, other type of eye, God forbid, is a, is a, is, a, is an evil eye. It's connected to you know what? It's funny how it's coming. It's this parsha, the next parsha. Aesop's four hundred men, right? When he met Yaakov, Asaph's 400 men. That's the source of the evil eye. ra iron is 400. The numerical value of 400. So that's where the evil eye comes from today. And this is why, again, just try to, try to understand how much you need his bodhidut. Because if you're thinking you're going to practically have compassion on people just by looking at them and dealing with them and not build resentment, it's almost impossible. You actually need prayer. To help you create the world, let me see the good points in this person. Let me let, let me feel. Let me send them good points. Let me see the good in them. Versus thinking it's just going to happen by yourself. So why we need His ability is because His ability when you talk to God, it allows you to express things and and, and, and and you yearn to see to for peace. Even if you don't get permanent peace, at least you'll get some kind of peace. You'll get peace of mind recognizing you did all you did all you did to to fix the situation. Doesn't mean that the, 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 the war is over, but at least you'll have peace of mind. So that's good also. Doesn't mean you can have peace, but you can have peace of mind. And that's good. So one thing is to have the, the war and no peace of mind. Then it's a double it's a double zero because then anxiety and depression take over. So at least you know if I pray for something and I do and I and I rely on my creator and I do all that I can and I still don't have it, then I'm happy. I'm happy because that's exactly what my creator wants at this moment. But thinking you're going to be in some la-la-land world that you're not going to have uh, strife and and this and in-laws that you don't get along with and this and that, it's almost impossible. And if you're looking for this, you're looking for, you know, go to Legoland or something. You know, go to Legoland, build a Lego, you know, build a Lego as a wife. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And that will give you more realistic ideas versus thinking that you have a dysfunctional family. So I, like Y.Y. Jacobson says, any, any family that has more than one member in the family, is called the dysfunctional family. And it's called life. And instead of running all day long to therapy, you just accept this is, again, it is what it is. But remember, the man, the man always has to be the one trying to cool off the fire. The man should not be the one, the one starting the fire. Because the man, the, the, man the, 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 the man is the moon. I'm sorry, the man is the sun. The sun gives light to the moon. The, usually the moon, usually the Yetahara Nachman says that, usually the Yetahara the evil inclination, picks, picks. Go, every fight starts with usually he attacks the wife first. Just like the, what did the snake do? The snake spoke to Chava because she was more vulnerable. So she, usually the fights start with the wife. And a man who, who, who doesn't like to be appeased, a man who doesn't, if somebody says sorry to you, and the man does not accept the apology, then we, we Rabbi Nachman says he, he's come, he comes from the feminine world. He has, comes from the feminine world. That means a person who doesn't, doesn't back down from the argument, and doesn't have He has a lot of feminine qualities. Again, I, this is Rabbi Nachman's teachings. You figure out the rest. Feminine, that means he has, because normally, the husband has to be the son and, and, and be the one to put out the fire by apologizing. That means if you have a ratio, where usually that's where you always see the 100 to 1 ratio. 100 apologies husband, 1 apologies wife. That's a normal ratio. Okay? That is a normal ratio. That's, and that sounds pretty ridiculous. How could you apologize 100 times and I can only be wrong one time? Like B- Bill Burr, he has a, he's a funny comedian. And he has a, he has a thing that somehow... Talks about this. He, his comedy show, and he talks about. it. He says somehow every every therapy session is always about me. <laughs> you know? It's always about the husband's the husband's inability to, to express the husband. Again, because that's exactly a woman cannot handle criticism at all. This is why the Rabbi Rush, because she comes again. She's already coming from the manhood. So again, just get realistic on 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 what on your life. And when you're single, recognize that being single is not gonna be the solution either. And you think that's gonna be the solution. Oh, just avoid it because this guy's difficult. I don't like something. Welcome to reality. And I think this will give you a good perspective. This is why through spirituality, through Shabbat, through Nida, through um, all of these things, what we do is when we do these things, mitzvot actually give, bring you grace. So they bring good energy, right? So that helps the relationship. So already I'm in a fight, but I'd rather have. I need to infuse as much good energy in the relationship through spirituality, so that my life doesn't just become a war. That's why we need God in our lives through godliness. There's at least an infusion of godliness and this fusion of Shekhinah in the house. Because what happens is if, if we don't follow these laws. Very simple. Man is an isha. Woman is an isha. Man is an esh. If you take the yud He out, what do you have? Fire. All you have is fire. The yud heh is God out. When you, have to, when you take God out, the yod he, out of Isha and Isha, what do you have? Esh, fire. What does fire mean? Nothing but fights and fights and fights. There's the fire. There's the evil inclinations, the fire. So, let's just have a realistic perspective. Let's, again, don't be so upset about it, is the key. Don't start learning how to let go more. And just be realistic that this is the way it is. It's this is, it's not like you didn't marry your soulmate. It's not like you didn't marry the one. And, and there's it's not greener on the other side like you think it is. Like everybody, oh, look at that couple there. You know, they're holding hands for two minutes. And they think, oh, this, what, a, Adam and Eve, like the couple of the year. You you don't see anything. You, 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 I'm telling you, that is the biggest yitzahara that uses other people to say, oh, they have it perfect. They have it perfect. And look at me. Don't ever do that because I just told you. Everybody's... Everybody has the same problem. There's just one person showing it to you on social media, one person's hiding in the closet. At the end of the day, it's all the same. And whoever tells you they don't have it is only because they have less of it is only because they work on themselves and they're merciful people and they pray for it. Otherwise, you get what you get, period. So Hashem help us all that we should all get more realistic and not be so stuck in trauma. You know, this is like the word trauma lately is, I'm traumatized by me. I'm, I'm, you know, we, we use trauma and toxic, like it's you know, what are you having for breakfast? Oh, trauma and toxic. That just becomes, you know becomes like anything just comes right out of your mouth. This is trauma, I'm trauma I'm abusive, uh, toxic. I, I've never seen the words just come where, where everybody's a PhD. now. Everybody's. A, my, my husband's a narcissist, my woman's a. Everybody became a PhD. Everybody became a PhD all of a sudden. Everybody's labeling bipolar. This one's scheduled. How about if I told you? Let me explain to you. Let me explain to you. Some reason. And I own a facility. Okay. The third biggest cause of death is medical malpractice. Number one. Okay. Most of the times you're going to get diagnosed, it could be that you didn't get diagnosed properly, and that's by a doctor who went to who went to school. Imagine you diagnosing people. <laughs> <Do> you understand? <laughs> Already, they're off 100. They're off 50, 60 percent. Imagine you now diagnosing people, thinking, "Oh, they must be bipolar. They must be this. They must be." You, you know see how ridiculous it is. That's the problem, because all of a sudden, when you give somebody a title or, or something, that's a program already. That's a program. It has that program. That name has a program. There's a lot of compound compound. You know, just for example, if I say I have COVID, what does that mean? Oh, I'm going to lose my. I'm going to lose my. Uh, uh, I'm going to lose my. My sense of, I can't smell anymore. I can't taste anymore. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to be quarantined. There's a program already connected to that. Where did you say I have a cold? Okay, cold, cold is two, three days. That's it. So you don't want to compound things. You want to let things go. You, the more we let things go, the less the problem begins more. The more we stress on it and the more we think about it. When we thinking, all we're doing is just adding to the problem. You're adding fuel to the problem. So again, this is probably the best <laughs> marriage and dating advice you can probably get. Have a great day. Uh Yeah.